0: Exactly mean to walk in purpose I know it has become a thing in our culture to know your purpose or to do your thing but as a follower of Jesus Christ what does it actually mean to walk in purpose well that's what I want to discover with you I'm Jody Sell Grove and I am excited to walk with you to discover together what it means to walk in God's presence and live a life of abundance in our everyday lives. We'll do this through sharing testimonies, digging into God's word, and walking out Matthew 17 20, where Jesus said, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, nothing will be impossible for you. I'm so honored you've taken the time to walk with me this week. Welcome to She Walks in Purpose. Hey there, everyone. It's been a bit. (laughs) Um, I got sick. See, last week and I, well, it was the weekend moving into when I would normally release and just had no energy and was coughing a lot and stuffed up. So skipped last week and I'm back. Um, I've spent some time really actually meditating on what uh, episode four, um, what God is revealing in episode four, specifically um, through his word in Exodus 16. Um, to catch some of you up, if you've just tuned in for the first time for in um, season four for She Walks in Purpose, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Season four is all about intimacy in the wilderness and God um, led me to Exodus 16 and we have been walking through it pretty slowly here. A few um, verses each episode and the way that God has really been leading me is he's he's revealing to me how he has moved in my life and how he drew me into the wilderness and what a precious place it is uh in episode three we were really focused on the place that god brings us inwardly in the wilderness it's all about human he brings us to a place of humility <coughs> excuse me he p- brings us place to a, To a realization that we were actually created as dependent creatures Um, and he brings us to this place of truly knowing him and i've talked a lot about moving what we know from our head to our heart now we cannot do that as humans the work of the holy spirit does that and um it does The Holy Spirit does that. We experience that through different circumstances in our life, just daily life things. Um, Also, by making sure that we're in the Word of God, making sure that we're praying. Um, Yeah, so today, and specifically in episode 4, we're delving into Exodus 16, verses 13 through 21. I had done this finished the study I want to say at the end of the week last week (coughs) and I've really honestly been waiting for the go ahead to go ahead and record Um, I've really been practicing not moving unless um, he moves me I've been practicing waiting Um, I've just learned the importance of not grasping hold of things and being content in just being with him. And I have to say that through the, about the week and a half that I was sick, um, it was the absolute most enjoyable time of sickness I've ever had in my life. And I know that sounds so weird and like counterintuitive, I guess. Um, but it was It was such a blessing to be able to just be alone with him. And I was sharing with a sister yesterday that, you know, there are things that I am responsible for throughout the week. I'm still a student. I have classes that I have to go to. I have homework that I have to do. And, (coughs) excuse me, I, As I waited on him during that week and a half, I literally uh, I literally watched him make room for me just to be with him. Um, class was canceled. Um, other things that I'm, I'm usually attending were canceled. Or even the fact that I was totally okay with studies that I truly, truly love attending I was just totally okay with saying, no, I'm I'm not going. Um, You know, I, I think that's a prayer that I would have for anyone who's listening and specifically for those who I know well and love is that I know everybody's experience would be different than mine because, you know, God reveals himself to us and has a specific relationship with us as individuals it's a very individualistic thing however I know that our God never changes so I know that everyone can experience him the way that I have been experiencing him in 2023 and that is just that is a prayer that I have for people um that they would really have the opportunity to know him. And I mean, it's, it's changing my life daily. And I've said that before, but my goodness, I think I've not experienced it like I'm experiencing it now, which I think is just, I know that's a part of growing in intimacy with him and it makes it, fun Um, I'm enjoying life like I've never enjoyed life before I mean come on I I just told you that I (laughs) totally enjoyed being sick like it's crazy I know but it like I was praising him the whole time I was thanking him the whole time and thanking him for the opportunity just to slow down and to just be with him and I, I thanked him for healing me even though I wasn't feeling healed and it just reminds me of all the scriptures that I've memorized that I'm actually living them now. Like, I know what it means to pray without ceasing. I know what it means to enter his courts with praise and thanksgiving. I'm discovering and learning more and more what it means to not lean on my own understanding. And there is like, there's nothing like it. There is nothing like knowing that you are in his presence all the time you are walking with him you can depend on him you can trust him knowing that through jesus christ he everything is held together everything is under control and there is nothing to worry about it doesn't mean that worry doesn't creep in or doubt doesn't creep in or fear doesn't creep in it doesn't mean that any of those things don't exist it just means that they're a part of life and I can praise him because I know who who my stronghold is. I know who my refuge is. I know who whose shadow I abide in. So, yeah, I wasn't planning on going there, but um, I just can't stop proclaiming what a wonderful, what a wonderful God we serve. So, okay. Let's get going. Let's get rolling in Exodus 16, verses 13 through 21. And I'm going to read it first, and then we'll delve in verse by verse like we've been doing. So, Exodus 16, 13 through 21. The Israelites have just been told that the Lord has heard their grumbling <clears throat> and he is going to provide for them. Verse 13. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, No one is to keep any of it until morning. However... Some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed. And when the sun grew hot, it melted away. Yeah, that was through verse 21. So we're really just going to focus on the provision And it's a natural provision that God provided for them so that they would not starve. Because they were, as we have discussed earlier, they were running out of their food supply. Okay, so here we go. In verses 13 and 14. Evening came and quail came. Quail covered the camp. So... When, of course, I'm using David Guczyk still, his commentary, and if I look up any words, which I think I only looked up one word this time around, I use Bible Hub to do that, use the Strongs. Um, So quail, they were actually small birds, and these small birds um, usually roosted on the ground, and they were considered a delicacy of the Egyptians. So God sent and provided quail every evening, meat, protein for the Israelites. Then in the morning, there was a small round substance that appeared that covered the ground. It was as fine as frost in the morning, it states in, in the NIV, which is what I read out of. This was the bread, as Moses stated. It is the bread of the Lord. That has give, It is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. Um, it was small and round. And in Exodus 16, 31, so further down in Exodus 16, um, it's actually described as coriander seed. And <coughs> the very, very interesting thing is in verse 15, when it says, Um, what is it, for they did not know what it is, that is actually how the bread was named. The Israelites had never seen this type of substance before in their lives. And so they asked when they went out there to gather, what is it? And what is it actually is the word manna in Hebrew. And that's where we get that he sent manna from heaven because they saw it and they said what is it and in hebrew what is it is the word manna and i did look that up to double check it because i read that in several different commentaries um so there's there's several things in here Uh, but i want to keep reading through verse 18. Uh, so we have quail in the evening A bread-like substance that now we can call manna in the morning. And the instructions in 17 and 18. Everyone, or excuse me, 16 through 18, we'll say. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. So, and I, I shared this in episode three. Not only did he provide what they needed to survive physically, he also provided instructions for them. He created the way for them. So there was no guessing. They didn't have to decide. There was there was to be no quarreling on who took what because everyone was instructed in what to take. And so when I looked up um An omer, it means about two liters. Um, Some commentaries say that it could have been a cup at the time. Omer ended up being a unit of measurement for the Israelites later on. um, Just so that you have an idea. So each person, it says, an omer for each person. So if we just think a cup, a cup for each person. You have in your tent. So if you had 15 members of a family living together in a tent, then 15 cups of manna would have been collected. Okay. <clears throat> so here's the deal. These, these are some of the things that I, as I was reading that David Guczyk brought about. And it, it really has caused me to ponder and contemplate what God was doing and what God was working out of the Israelites. So first of all, we talked before, the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt. Everything they had was provided by their masters, the Egyptians, the type of mindset of a slave is you are nothing. You own nothing. You have nothing. Everything is provided for you. And so therefore the reasons the re- one of the reasons the Israelites started complaining when they got into the wilderness is they no longer had anyone providing for them. And the issue with that mindset is they had thought that it was the Egyptians that were providing. When in all reality, it was God providing for the Israelites through the Egyptians. And so we just they just lost this huge, they did not recognize that their God had always been providing for them. And so he's bringing them here to the wilderness. He's setting them apart to help change that mindset, to help soften their hearts so that they will see him in all things. They start complaining. He says, I hear you complaining, I'm going to provide for you. And he does. He sends quail in the evening, he sends manna in the morning. And not only does he provide that, he also provides instruction to ensure that everyone is getting what they need to survive. Here's the deal. He didn't actually have it show up in their tent. They had to go out of their tent and collect it themselves. And, and the piece that David guchuk brings out is that God was actually instigating cooperation. He was actually teaching the Israelites how to work for themselves, like, um, <clears throat> like in in this in the sense of yes, they had to work hard for the Egyptians, right? They were slaves, but it was forced. It was something that they had to do. Like I'm just picturing God saying. I want to work with you. I want to be in relationship with you. And this is what it means to be in relationship with you, with me. You can depend on me. I'm going to give you everything that you need. And I want you to cooperate with me in that. And so that's the first, that like, that's the first piece that I'm, I'm recognizing that he's trying to instill and change in not only their hearts, but also in the, in their mind and how they see him. So what this brings up for me, because I always like to bring in real life. Um, I mean, we can we could possibly understand what's happening here just through my explanation of what I'm recognizing God is doing for the Israelites. But un, unless we can put it into terms and in, real, in our reality, um, I think it can be at times a little more difficult to understand. So what what's actually coming up for me, Um, And I actually wrote these questions down, like, what does this even mean to cooperate with God? What does this look like in life? (coughs) The first thing that's coming up for me is um, the internship that I've been in. And, um, you know, I love school and I'm the eldest in a family. And that means that I work hard. That means that I do what I'm told. Um, that I meet expectations. And and some of that is because I am the eldest, but some of that is also because of my temperament. And through, you know, the sovereignty (laughs) of my God, he uses every situation to remind me that what, what I have, I've received. So my ability to do well in school, is because he gave it to me. My ability to speak is because he gave it to me. My my skill set that I have, um, some of it comes natural, some of it I'm, I've had to work on, especially when it comes, let's just look at the counseling side of things, working with people, sitting down with people, being with, with, being with people. Um, I can do that because he gave me everything that I need to be able to do that including the Holy Spirit. So he has given me eyes to see him. He has given me ears to hear him. And he has given me a mouth to be able to exercise, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through me and, and move through me. Um, so throughout the very first semester, so all of the end of 2022, August through to December, God used my internship to teach me how to cooperate with him. And it looks kind of like this. So in so in the counseling field, you see clients, and you have to set a schedule. And um, as an intern, you have to accumulate so many hours. It's mandatory that you c- accumulate so many hours. So with Jody's mindset, okay, this is this is Jody's mindset. This is not God's. This is Jody's. Jody's mindset is, okay, we need to accumulate as many, as many clients as possible. And we need to see them like every single week. So we can be accumulating all these hours so that we don't have an issue when it comes to April of 2023. And we're worried that we're not going to have enough hours to graduate. Like that's Jody's mindset. Let's get this done. Let's crack this out. And, uh, so that's pretty much how I lived for like the first two to three months. And there came a time at the end of those three months that I was so exhausted. I could barely get up in the morning because I was pushing myself so hard and I was leaning on my own understanding and I was doing everything in my own strength. Now, does this mean that I wasn't reading the word and that it was a praying? No, but it does mean that this is still another aspect in my, within my heart where I I can do this. Like, I'm independent. I know what I'm, I'm I'm learning what to do. I know how to set a schedule. I know how to meet deadlines. I know how to do all this stuff. And by goodness, I'm going to do it. At the end of the first three months, you know, I'd already been in the wilderness, but I'd been trying to do everything on my own. I can't tell you exactly when, but I, I came to this breaking point God bring, brought me to a breaking point and he said to me, do you realize that I'm the one that placed you here? Do you realize that I'm the one that brought these clients to you? Do you realize that I'm the one that set your schedule? Do you realize, do you realize, do you realize? And in that moment, I was like, oh my gosh, I've, I've, I've been doing all this on my own and I don't have to. I'm extremely exhausted because I've been doing all of this on my own and I don't have to. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm still not tired. I am still tired. Like I still have like almost the same number of clients right now to this day that I had like three months ago, four months ago. Um, Yes. It's still physically draining. Yes. It's still emotionally and mentally draining at times. That's, na- that's a natural thing because I, I'm in the flesh, right? However, there is a clarity in how I see. There is a clarity in how I hear and there is no weight. Like I do not feel the weight that I felt in September, October, and November. I don't feel the weight anymore. And a lot of times the weight was in my shoulders um, in my neck. And I know that's because I have been practicing cooperating with him. And, and that really means, okay, Lord, what are we going to do today? Okay, Lord, um, what, what kind of snack do I need to take with me? How much water should I take with me today, Lord? What do I need? And I want to say, I, I've shared this before because we've connected this to Jesus's temptation. The first thing that Satan tempted Jesus with was turning the stone to, to bread because Jesus was physically drained, like, and weak because he had not eaten and drank. He had not eaten or drank in 40 days. He had to rely on his Father. For the strength to go through that temptation and i believe that that was what really god is even revealing here that god knew what the trek would be like for the israelites to move from where they came from egypt crossing the red sea to the promised land he knew what it would take he knew how much it would cost them physically he knew what they needed and so he sent them these specific things quail and the bread And then he also told them specifically how much they needed. And the expectation was, you take what you need and that's all you need to do. I am going to provide everything you need. I have everything you need. Here it is. Take it and use it. How many of us live that way? When it comes to taking care of our children, taking care of our spouses, um, Loving on our friends. Uh, The work that we, the tasks that we have to undertake every single day. No matter, like brushing your teeth. I'm talking daily things that we take for granted. Jesus, or God said, the Lord said, a cup, one cup per person. And I'm not trying to belittle the the little things but i also am trying to like what i'm what god has been revealing is every little thing matters to me jody because i have provided every little thing for you and i and i i believe that is what he is revealing through exodus 16 that that's what he's teaching every little thing matters to the point of when they did not listen to him and they took more than they needed by mourning their bread stank and there were worms like can you even imagine what that smell would have been like in their tents and like it makes me almost want to gag to think about waking up and seeing maggots in this bread like that is how important it was to them to to the lord that they recognized that he had everything for them and they didn't need to take more than what he told them to take because he already knew what they needed. I'm kind of jumping all around here, but um, I mean, it's the Holy Spirit, so I'm just gonna let him wait. I wanna back up just a little bit to when they woke up that first morning and they saw the bread, They didn't know it was bread. They had no idea what it is because they said, what is it? They did not even recognize the provision that God was providing. This brings this this whole new look to life, this whole new way I'm seeing in life now. My eyes are like, I'm seeing life so differently. I can never have an expectation of how God is going to provide for me i can never hold an expectation of what his provision is going to look like in anything <coughs> and i believe that is what makes my relationship with him so fun and and uh, so exciting and yet sometimes scary um And at the same time, it encourages me, it reminds me that he is faithful, that I can trust him, and that he will never let me down. And that, honestly, it's caused me to draw closer and closer and closer to him. It's it's caused me to say, do not leave me. I want to be in your presence. I want to be with you. I do not want to move without you because I don't want to miss what you're doing. I want to see what you're doing. I want, I want to enjoy how you provide for me and how you answer my prayers for others. I want to enjoy that. I want to proclaim that. I mean, it just makes life fun because you know he's going to provide. You just don't know how he's going to provide. Again, it's a mind shift. It's a softening of the heart. It's, it's a growing more dependent upon him. Okay. The questions um, that I came up with for that aspect when it comes to the unexpected in his provision, like what does that look like in your life? How does he show up that way in your life um, those are questions that i think are so important for us to ask like what are we, what are we going to do today lord how are you going to show up in my life i want to see it i want to experience you i want to experience life with you what's that going to look like help me to see help me to hear <clears throat> uh the connection um i have here to my life and how this has looked you know when you think about what i shared earlier about um uh how i had control of my schedule and um, the other piece is i wanted to do everything right you know when you move through the program that i've moved through it's very rigorous um and It's kind of drilled into you that, you know, there's a process that you go through there. There are things that are so important for a counselor to to do um, on their end to be with their client. And so I never want to hurt anyone. I, I always want the client to know that I'm right there with them, that I'm not some far off someone who knows it all and is just expecting them to become like me you know you know a counselor is there to say this is your journey i'm going to walk with you in your journey for this period of time and you have everything you need um to to continue in your healing process or whatever process you're moving through well being the eldest and having the temperament and even with just sort of some some of the ways that um um, I've I've grown up and, and perceived the world around me that there's a right and a wrong. And so in, in the first three months, not only was I trying to control my time, my schedule, I was trying to control the way I counseled. And it needed to be right. And if I didn't do it right, then I was doing something wrong and I needed to fix it. Uh, I was, it, it was Like, when I talk about the weight that I was feeling, I also think it was because I was just holding on. I was gripping this experience so tightly that it (coughs) was physically draining and hurtful for me. I believe that God brings us, just like he did with the Egyptians, he brings us into the wilderness, separates us out, starts to reveal to us who he is, starts to convince and persuade us that he is faithful, that he's not going to leave, that he is in control, and we don't have to work so hard. That is the freedom that we can experience. That is the changing of the heart that occurs, the softening of the heart. That is the mind shift that occurs and has occurred within me to recognize I get to cooperate with him, knowing that he knows what is best he and he likes me specifically as i work with other people you know i don't know these people from adam i'm growing to know them as i sit with them i'm walking with the one who knows them i'm walking with the one who knitted them in their mother's womb i don't have to do things right i just need to s- stick with him i need to ask him and be attuned to him to have the ears to hear him and the eyes to see him and surrender my will to him so that he can speak through me and so that he can actually be with these people as i sit with them i don't have to do a lot i i get to just be with him it doesn't mean that i'm lazy through the process it just means that i have surrendered myself to him and i'm cooperating with him as i'm working with these people speaking with these people The freedom that I have experienced in 2023 is unlike any freedom I've ever experienced in my life. And again, it brings up the word fun for me and excitement and joy. Like I am enjoying my life and I'm enjoying what I'm doing because I'm not working so hard to control everything. Okay, so we're going to move on. Um, And I want to reiterate what God is telling us in his word in verses in verse 18. And when they measured it by the Omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. I think as an American, we have i have been so blessed with much but it has become a hindrance to the to my perspective of what i need and i know i'm not the only one that struggles with this in america we don't know what it's like to not have we don't know what it's like to need and The Israelites actually stated this exact same thing in different words to Moses and Aaron in verse um, 3 of chapter 16. If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. Israel was experiencing the same thing even in slavery. They had more than what they needed. God has moved them now. The Lord has moved them to a place where they don't have as much as they thought they needed. They have what they need and it's what they need. There's only like I'm relating this back to what I've been tying in here about my schedule. There are God has given us what we needed in time. He's given us 24 hours a day. in in a given day, he has given us the amount of hours we need for sunlight, the amount of hours we need for, for, for evening, for darkness, for sleep, for rest, physically. Yes, he's the one that's doing it. He knows exactly what we as humans need when it comes to sunlight. Who's telling us that he hasn't given us exactly what we need for food or water or clothing or finances to pay our bills who tells us that we need more than what we have i'm connect um when i was reading through this and as god was speaking to me about this he brought up matthew 6 to me so i'm going to read matthew 6 verses 25 through 34. and jesus is speaking here this is still the sermon on the mount Jesus is telling us right here, your heavenly father knows what you need. And he knows that he will provide. Like, it's just who he is. He cannot not do it because he is called the provider. He is. The, The thing he tells us in verse 32 here is, or 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek him first and everything else will be provided. Meaning, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what's in your bank account. Don't worry about what you're going to wear or needing or running out. Seek him first and watch him provide. I know. It's easier said than done. I I get it, I, I live it, I live it daily. But how many of us as believers, followers of Jesus Christ actually live this way? We seek him first the minute our eyes open saying, thank you Lord for another day that you have given me here on this earth to proclaim your glory. I ask him, not daily, I try to remember, but I do ask him most of the time, every single week, Lord, what am I to wear today? Show me what clothes I am to wear today. I am not kidding, I do that. I ask, Lord, what am I, what food? If I'm gonna, if I'm going to the school to do my counseling, what food do I need to take today? I even ask, Lord, can I stop at the gas station and get myself a, um, a yummy uh, cappuccino? He's told me no before. I ask him, Lord, is today a day for coffee? Or is it today a day for tea? Or am I just supposed to be drinking water today? I know it sounds silly, you guys. I know it does. But I have had to practice this because I, (laughs) my parents, believed so much in the importance of each one of us kids just being who we are. I think it also instilled for me specifically knowing that I'm an individual person and I'm unique. They they taught us that to cherish and they cherished that in each one of us. And I'm so blessed for that. But I think because of my personality and my strong will that I became a very independent woman. I don't need anyone. I can do it all. And so I have had, God has led me to literally practice these things by talking to him about what I wear, what I eat, what I drink. Um, Do I get gas today, Lord? The tank is getting kind of low. When should I go get gas? I have to practice these things so that it becomes a part of my life and that it becomes a natural way of living dependent upon him. I am not saying that it's for everybody. I'm not telling you that you have to do this. But I am trying to give you an example of what it means to live this way. And no, Israel did not know how to do that because everything was provided for them as slaves. So this is the other aspect of cooperating. He was teaching them how to cooperate with him as he provided for them. So even being... You know, I'm even thinking of what he, what um, God did with Adam. God, Adam. God told Adam to subdue, to, to take control of what he had placed in the garden. That meant naming all of the animals. So Adam had to cooperate with God. Did, did Adam make the animals? Did, did Adam come up with the names? Well, he worked with God in coming up with the names. God gave him the intelligence to do it all. But Adam had to work with him in that. So it doesn't when you're dependent on him, it doesn't mean that you're lazy. There's there, you know, everything that he's given me in my life, I have to I need a steward at well. That means I have to cooperate with him. That doesn't mean I'm lazy about it. Okay, verses 20 and 21, going back to Exodus. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. 20 and 21, the last two verses. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses, so they kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed, and when the sun grew hot, it melted away. God did something about helping them collect what they needed. When the sun grew hot, the rest of it was melted so no one else could, so you couldn't go out and get more bread. It was gone because the sun melted it. So God even helped provide that. He helped take away the temptation of taking more than what they needed. Does it mean that some of them didn't still take more than what they needed? I mean, I don't know. It tells us earlier in the passage that some people did. God was literally forcing the Israelites in create to create a work ethic. God was instilling a work ethic in in the Israelites by cooperating with him and following instructions, being obedient that's what he was that's what he was instilling here and he even had consequences if if you are not going to abide by the instructions that I give you, then your tent is going to stick and you're going to have maggots in your tent. And I'm also going to make sure that you don't have too much and you don't have too little. <coughs> Here's the kicker. You know, when I had that realization at the end of the three months of what was going on, what God was doing in my life, it doesn't mean that I stopped being disobedient. It took, it took a while and it still takes time for me to continue practice living out what it means to be dependent, meaning there is still going to be times of that. I'm going to fall short. There are still going to be times where I'm going to get willful and I'm going to disobey just like the Israelites did. And you know what? That's pretty typical of us living in the flesh. The whole point of the wilderness piece of him setting me apart is for me to realize that it's okay um, because of his grace, it's sufficient. Um, I will fall short, but he's right there to help me. And he's right there to provide guidance. He's right there to provide correction. And it's never in such a way that I am condemned. It's never in such a way that, I mean, some some of my responses to conviction can, I will condemn myself or I will shame myself or guilt myself. However, that is not his way. And that's another part of working this out. I mean, Moses, when it says in verse, uh, (laughs) 20, so Moses was, was angry with them. Like it's not saying that God was angry. It's saying that Moses was angry. That's a a fleshly thing. Moses, as a man, listening to God and giving the word to the... He was the one that was angry, not God. God God just kept putting the boundaries there. He didn't move them. He kept them, and he kept reminding them. As I I reflect on everything that that God has led me to share um, and that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to all of us about during this episode dependence keeps coming up for me joy in the de- in the dependence joy in the working out um, um, the fun that there is in the intimacy with the lover of our soul and you know i keep hearing the word provision i, I don't know who is listening or who will listen to this episode but I want to encourage you. Um, one of his names is Jehovah Jireh and that means he's the provider and that's the provider of everything. And I've shared this before. He, he, he provides the very breath that we breathe. He holds together our atmosphere so that we're not burned up by the sun. He, he holds the sun in its place. He holds the moon in its place. He holds stars in its place. Um, he he's holding my body in its in its place he he holds my home together he holds everything together he's the provider and he he does not fail he he is he is unfailing and he will never leave or forsake never he can't because it's who he is he is holding my entire life together He is holding your entire life together. You can depend on him. He is a dependable God. And he wants you to know him as a dependable God. He wants wants you to know him as someone who cannot wait to, to be with you. He cannot wait for you to run to him. He cannot wait for you to go to work with him. He cannot wait for you to sit with him. He cannot wait for you to, to talk with him. I was talking to a friend yesterday. And uh, she was sharing about how God revealed to her through, a, through a, an animal how much he enjoys being with her. And it reminded me of our dog, which I've talked about, Hunter, quite a bit. When, when I take Hunter out of his kennel after I've been gone all day, he'll get out of his kennel. He will be wiggling so hard and he will press against me with all of his weight. And I will bend down and I will tell him that I love him and I will pet him. And then all of a sudden he will jump up and he will give me a hug when my friend when my friend was telling me about how god spoke to her and said that's how i am with you if you can imagine what it's what your kids are like if you can think about those times in your life where maybe you have even felt so ecstatic to be with somebody or how you are with your your own pets the response that you receive back from another individual or or your pet it likens to how your God is with you and how he feels about you. I hope that is an encouragement to you. I, I, I know it's an encouragement for me for just to say it out loud. He, he longs to be close to us, you guys. He longs to be intimate with us um, because he loves us. I hope this blessed you today. I pray that it blessed you. And I'll, I'll be with you next week. Thank you for walking with me this week. My prayer is that you've seen Jesus even more clear, recognized the immensity of God's presence, and discovered an even deeper abundance of life, knowing whose you are, My encouragement to you is this, know God's presence envelops you. His purposes are for his glory, your good, and that entails a life of abundance. Blessings in the truth and grace of Jesus Christ.